welcome. You are joining us for a new podcast, A Look In. This is a podcast for young women who want to join us for a casual conversation where we're going to take a look into what's happening in the world around us with a bit of a hopeful perspective and we'll consider if Jesus is relevant to it at all. Today you are joined by me, Anna Beaver. And me, Laura Southam. And me, Alice Tricks. We have a little disclaimer on every episode, but this one especially probably, um, that this is an unscripted conversation and where we talk about all sorts of issues and sometimes things we don't really know lots about. And that's because part of the aim of this conversation is because we want to deepen our thoughts about things and we don't always know the answers. So join us for the ride because today we're going to think about... Um, the metaverse, which we prepped you for last week, big thoughts about all things meta. Uh, but before we start, guys, how do you holiday? It's almost kind of end of exams for uni students, that time of year, getting excited, it's getting summery, people are thinking about holidays after lots of lockdown. And I'm curious, what, what do you think of when you think of holiday and how do you do it when you're on holiday? One of the things I definitely think of when you ask it that way, I think about holidays, is slowness, just going slow. I feel like that is something I really enjoy and feeling like you don't have to particularly get things done or achieve any goals. Um, and so you can wake up and just be like, what do I feel like, you know, and I don't have to be back by a certain time. That is a real sense of holiday to me. I know some people love a holiday that's like jam-packed full of adventure. For me, it's like go slow, have space. Um, yeah. I feel like I'm looking forward to it the more I talk about it right now, actually. Mm. <laughs> it's interesting because I feel like during lockdown, I had a few like holiday days and I would never normally have thought I could do a holiday from home, but it was really nice to have that um, sense of, yeah being a bit slow and not on a schedule but I feel like when I think of holidays definitely I think of the beach and being close to the beach being able to walk to the beach being able to read a book on the beach <laughs> go for a swim that is a central theme I how like did you holiday at home I'm curious about that what did that look like um like pretty not very exciting um but like maybe have, going and getting a treat each day going for a walk getting a coffee or a, a drink or something and um yeah spending a lot of time walking <laughs> um maybe catching up with one or two people when I could yeah getting some projects done maybe I bought some like polymer clay <laughs> made some jewelry <laughs> oh that's good because I'm really struggled with anything that's remotely productive when it's holiday time I'll just procrastinate it <laughs> Like, I'll do that another day and wait until I'm just in busy life mode again and then I might achieve something. I did feel like I learned a few years ago if I had a stretch of holiday time that was, say, like more than a week long, that it was really good for me to try and go away straight away as like a, a forced disconnect to stop thinking about whatever I'd been doing beforehand. And then when I'd come back, even if I was around home, I was just already more like relaxed and kind of... Um, yeah, kind of able to pause from what I'm, I'm normally doing with work or life or things. So that has been a little bit of a tip of mine, but I haven't done it all like for ages, basically since the pandemic started, I think. So, yeah, I don't know when I'll get back to that again. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like you'd be an um, activities person. 
Yes, well, I used to be a primary school teacher, so I also feel like I'm a holiday expert. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. But also I think that's shaped the way I think about holidays because I feel like when I was teaching, holidays were like, it was so intense leading up to holidays that you kind of like dragged yourself to the end and then you got to holidays and that it was just so seasonal, like really on, really off, that I think when... I then got to holidays. There was all these things during the term I didn't do that were like life admin things. So the first few days of holidays, I normally am like, okay, service the car sometimes if I'm being a responsible adult, (laughs) go to the dentist, like those kind of like get my hair cut. Those like not holiday things, but just kind of like this hasn't been able to happen and now it can happen. And so I think that's carried a little bit into how I think about holidays now. And I almost have two separate to-do lists, like a, during normal life to-do list and then a holiday to-do list this is like this is a lot of like neither of you this is what you are I have no to-do list at all so <laughs> yeah which I feel like is nice and maybe it's part of the luxury of having lots and lots of holidays because I'm like well I need to get these things done and I can't like fully like like relax until those things are done and so I did what you were just suggesting Laura and just had a holiday last week which is great but kind of had exams and then went straight away and I've now come back being like well I've still got all of these things to do and I was thinking about them on the holiday (laughs) but I'm like well I should have done them before so I could have like fully relaxed on the holiday that yeah so I think I kind of like to holiday by getting lots of things done first and then relaxing but relaxing I don't know I took five books away on holidays which is a classic holiday uh, mishap of like you always are over ambitious with how much you can read and then I got 30 pages into one and I was like oh that's right I don't like reading <laughs> so that's all I read <laughs> were the first 30 pages any good Anne? Yeah, like good, helpful book and was like, yeah, I want to keep reading this, but not today and not on my holiday. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, and I read those three pages over two sessions of reading. (laughs) So that was short-lived. But, yeah, I'm also not a very, like, sit-still kind of holiday person that I like to do a little bit by the pool, then go to the beach, then find somewhere fun to eat and then find a cool shop to go look in also all very coastal that my husband's the opposite and he's like I just want no schedule no nothing and I'm like I've looked up these 11 places and I've like mapped out in my head where I when I'd like to go to them (laughs) so that's sometimes a clash on holidays but it works well for both of us because he was like this is such a great place I'm like because I researched it before (laughs) (laughs) that's a good victory for everyone yeah that's right the first thing we're going to talk about today is the metaverse now the metaverse I'm sure everyone listening to our podcast has kind of heard about it because it's a big deal but from what it sounds like to me it sounds like Facebook is rebranding with all their other like social media connections to create a big thing that holds all of their social networks together but they also have all these plans for the future that they're still developing that don't aren't in existence yet, but they've kind of given us a little bit of a taste of what those things are going to be like, like lots of virtual reality and augmented reality, which I don't fully understand the difference between those. 
but their aim is to just do lots of social connection online. So work from home, do life from home, entertainment from home, all within these other spaces where you're a bit like an avatar or something that represents you in this kind of other world. So I am curious what you guys think of that. I think it's like been controversial over the last little while, but I'm curious to just hear, yeah, how does that sit? Do you, are you excited about that? Are you a bit nervous about that? What are your thoughts? One thing I think is so interesting is that um, a lot of people that I've talked to have been like, guys, we're just coming out of a lockdown. This is not the announcement that we needed. Like <laughs> we've just kind of experienced how it's not as good to be kind of see people on Zoom or kind of be near people, but not physically in their presence. So that timing strikes me as quite interesting. Um, and I think really colours the way I've reacted to it as well, just being like, oh, no, I don't know. Um, but I also think like when you look back 10 years ago, you were like, oh, you would never have thought we're at the place that we are now with technology. So I don't want to be like naive to the fact that like developments happen really quickly and change the way that we even think and interact with each other. So it also feels a bit kind of scary and inevitable. Mm, that's interesting that point about the timing and people's reaction to it because I definitely relate to that I think what this feels so the opposite of appealing although I wonder if there's a sense of which people you know like with the whole pandemic people have been like now we've learned that we can do more work from home and and so like let's enhance that experience if that's inevitable as well but I have been so just like in the dark about it, like taking things not normally on my radar at all until after Facebook changed their name to Meta. And then all this conversation, I feel like, came more into the more general public sphere. And obviously Facebook now Meta staking their claim as leaders there. But I don't think it's just about that organisation. I think that's sort of something that's been in the kind of ether for a while now. Um, and I saw this thing actually the other day. I've got a friend who went to work in America as a science research guy and he posted, oh, there's this project I've been working on for ages now I can finally tell everyone about it. And it was about um, kind of virtual reality and he sort of had some demo videos and stuff and I was like, whoa, ways of interacting with people kind of mediated through devices that feel physical you're like you can throw a ball to each other when you're not in the same room kind of thing, all this sort of stuff. And I was like, that just doesn't appeal to me at all. I don't want it. Um, so interesting to sort of think about what what's actually on offer there. Why are people excited about that? Where will it improve human experience? I just am like not persuaded at all. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like video calling is way better than having to write letters or even a normal telephone call can be better than a message so I think there is a sense in which enhancing like the experience of tech connecting through technology there'll be heaps of good things to it but I think you're right that um in my mind it just never replaces how good it is to be with someone why do you think that is Al? It's a good question. I don't know if you guys have thoughts on that. My like knee-jerk reaction is to say because we are like embodied people, like part of who we are is physical. And so I think part of how we're wired as humans is to seek like physical connection with others. 
I, I feel like, I mean, this is going to sound like a sideways step in the conversation, but it's just in my mind, um, which is that recently I read this article that's actually a couple of years old. Um, I think it was from the Atlantic. Anyway, it was about how people just in the world having less sex today than they were like 40 years ago, whether that's in committed relationships or not. But one of the interesting points about the article was about like online dating apps and things like that and how it seemed to expand this whole range of options that people had and opportunities. But research had mostly just showed that it it kind of reinforced prejudices, it um, distanced people from each other, it made people feel like they didn't know how to have the interaction in person when previously an interaction in person was the only option, you know, like to kind of meet someone um, kind of just out in the world. And I think that really struck me that, you know, we, we coming le- becoming less familiar with meeting each other as embodied persons and kind of just embracing the fact that that's who I am and that's how you encounter someone and that's like kind of the fullness of me. And so I think that's quite like a challenging thought about, the idea that we step more and more into interacting in a way where you're not fully yourself there. Um, yeah. Do you reckon that's a bad thing? Like if this next generation grows up like interacting more on a screen than in person because that's like how life's done almost. Like maybe that's too much of a black and white question, but like what? What's it, what do you reckon the possible impacts are of that? That kind of connects to a thought I was having just before about um, it. there seems to be this sense, and obviously, like, it's being launched, so it's quite sensationalised in the way that it's kind of marketed or whatever, but there seems to be this sense that um, it will be a bit, like, utopian and all the, like, things that are wrong with our physical appearance or the insecurities that we have or... Um, kind of things that stop us from embracing life will be gone in this metaverse. I just feel like so sceptical about that. As you ask about like how it will affect people growing up, I'm like, I think people at their core are going to find ways to like corrupt an online space just as much as they would a physical space. It's just that the dangers or the pitfalls feel a little bit different. You know, when you were saying that, I just had like a full Hunger Games vision you know like where the rich people have this like highly um kind of schmick and technologized kind of life and society but actually it's so shallow it's so troubled there's all this kind of evil hidden within and then those who are like less resourced just get further and further away from the experiences on hand and just a worldwide war I suppose is what I'm predicting no. oh my <laughs> so god no consequences <laughs> at all really <laughs> this, this is not where you thought that conversation was going but I just had an epiphany <laughs> the power of fiction anyway what were you gonna say Anne, about it well I think the kind of avatar kind of idea of it's interesting and it was funny in the metaverse kind of launch video Mark Zuckerberg when he is his avatar he's exactly him like which I think like maybe that's just part of his ego <laughs> of just like this is the same hair, my black shirt, my black pants, like my techie man vibe. Whereas like the other people he interacted with in the metaverse were like octopus kind of like experiences rather than like closer to an exact who you are than I'm. And like so much of our culture loves like expressing 
things like I think people like there's a split I think there's like a people love expressing like who they are and part of their imperfection as like oh this is my identity and this is who I am like if I have blue hair like that's going to be part of my avatar maybe but then there's also the flip side to that which we've talked about before of like beauty standards and like had the whole idea of Instagram being kind of this like perfected here's my perfect face my perfect butt kind of like in my avatar that I think that's like got some interesting kind of complications and like I don't know when you know it's not real like on Instagram like we know lots of things on Instagram aren't real but that's what the impact like and I wonder what the different feeling because on the launch video it all looked quite like cartoonized that will that kind of help us more be like oh this is not real but their aims seem to be really like no like we want people to feel like as close to like being in present like presence like a real presence with each other which I think is a positive thing like I think when you have to be online the closer it can feel to reality the better but if you're only online then I'm like maybe that's where things get a bit tricky and I mean I feel like there are certainly groups for whom um, an enhanced online experience will be really wonderful like people who have family who live far away or who have kind of um, physical disability that means they can't easily access the world in, in some ways um, but yeah, I think that's an interesting point, Anna, about how it influences kind of deep in our brain, the way that we think, and it can be hard to kind of measure exactly the extent of that. And they're trying to do things like, at the moment, it seems like from the video, they're working on things to try and get like skin tone matches so you can be able to choose what represents you the most closely. But I think there's lots of interesting things in that, that in the last few years, having good conversations about diversity, that means hopefully there won't be this just like one size fits all kind of online representation. But there probably will still be trends maybe that go in and out. The more we talk about it, you know, I'm just against it. <laughs> my opinion is getting stronger by the minute I'm just like because I think I mean one of the things I think about from a Christian perspective is thinking about um that God made each person kind of as they are and um you know you are not separate from your body and you are um you kind of experience the world from the vantage point of your body and that so I feel like kind of thinking about like the true me being not related to my embodiment and that includes the limitations of my embodiment as well you can only be in one place at the one time you're not god that's kind of how he's made us to be i think we like feel this um, impulse to try and rise above that sometimes um which i feel like will definitely impact the way we relate to god and how we see ourselves before him and so i think that is a a, a factor worth kind of considering and reflecting fairly like critically on but also you know we struggle so much with um coming to terms with aging and stuff like that as well anything kind of digitally started I think is the opposite of you know organic and kind of reflective of our actual real experience of the world 
so there's a sort of type of just like informing you as a person the way you think the way you what you expect other people to be like as well that um I think you know we were saying you know like if you're someone who really just engages online only or mostly I think that's pretty dangerous but I feel like it will become easier and easier to do that depending what opportunities are before you and we know that like social media and all sorts of online stuff has bred an increase in social anxiety and things like that too so I guess yeah I feel pretty wary do you think also and this is just a critical thought back to that like part of a Christian ethic is also has a real like want and desire to connect with people particularly people who are different from each other and like ways to find ways to love other people in the same way that God's loved us do you think that like the metaverse has room for that or do you think it's kind of like it will just get like spiral out of control? That is such an interesting question. I think that's a great question and I feel like I just don't know nearly enough about it. Well, I, um, that's making me think of the, was it the social dilemma that oh, yeah. um, Netflix um, documentary about how the real commodity that social media works in is your time. That's really what they're trying to draw you in on. And a key way to get more of your time is to give you more and more kind of like extreme views that's going to like kind of hook you in. So I wonder whether at the end of the day, like it's a bit less accountable having these like metaverses and stuff and that it, yeah it's it's a business rather than like a, a lifestyle and so yeah the the best interests of us aren't really at heart at the end of the day it's what will get, get more clicks or what will keep you engaged for longer on the platforms for longer buy more stuff mm, yeah that's so fascinating another article that I read on the metaverse kind of talked about human rights which that was the headline so I kind of was like human rights in the metaverse tell me more um uh, and I can't remember who published it either but it was an interesting thing because it talked about permissions and everything that you're able to do in the metaverse will be controlled by this company essentially and I was like, oh, that's another interesting angle to think about it from of like how much autonomy will we have? Because I feel like on Facebook and Instagram, I've got lots of autonomy to kind of choose what I want to do on it and how much time I want to spend on it. But I think you're right, like there, that social dilemma documentary was really interesting about showing like how much they've designed it to be addictive. <laughs> and so I'm sure they'll bring in similar kind of um, algorithms for the metaverse. But yeah, I think that's an interesting thing as well to think about of like what human rights will be limited and what will be encouraged and how, how will that impact how people relate, which does then kind of make it feel like almost like God being in control of like, is like switched in this metaverse to like a company being in control of people, which I think I feel much more trusting of God being in control <laughs> than like a company that I don't know, like their values or whatnot as well. Yeah. 
Well, one final thought. I, I feel like I've just got outdated references to add to this conversation. But recently I watched for the first time the movie Her. Have you guys seen that movie? Yeah, I loved where, that movie. Where the guy falls in love with his, like, computer um, personal assistant. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess I don't want to give a total spoiler, but also the movie's a few years old, so you can kind of go out there a bit. But this sense of something that feels like a personal experience, but then actually it's just a commodity. It's just used an algorithm to kind of. And um, I think I feel like, you know, that sort of thought rattles around in my brain as well. The, the promise of something personal, like it will enhance relationships, but to just be like, it's just a commodity they want. Um, you know, people can make money out of it. Therefore, you, you can go to any kind of extreme, which again, sounds pretty cynical, but I think I am pretty cynical about the whole thing, offering a lot and under-delivering. Yeah. Thanks for joining us today on A Look In. We hope you enjoyed this discussion um, and can't wait for you to join us as we continue discussing these kind of things um, in our next episode. See you later. Bye.